When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. Some, uh, are we calling it fake news? Some fake, yeah, fake hashtag fake news, hashtag fake news about Deontay Johnson that needs to be addressed. I'm glad that it was caught early on top of some contract talks for Alex Highsmith, Larry Ogunjobi's decision on whether or not the Steelers should resign him or let him walk. And uh, we'll talk a little bit of quarterbacks as, as well. But first, it's a little cold outside. It was beautiful here. It was it was so it was nicer in Pittsburgh for a week than it was in Alabama. And I think I, I think that was just my one blessing of the year from mother nature so shout out to her how you feeling my friend i'm chilling man it's been a pretty good week um i'm just glad we haven't had non-stop rain that has been the theme i I was literally complaining about that uh last week at work i was like man it's this rain is awful and now my body's completely adjusted from being back from la because dude it took me like a week yeah you went to la i forgot about that when i went to la and it was 60s and i was walking around on the beach in a and a t-shirt you know shorts it was coming back to louisville after that was like man this is brutal (laughs) this is brutal it's like i don't know how people i I don't know if it's an actual thing i guess it probably is but i don't know how people like move like if you like if you grew up in like you know a really warm place like you know florida or cali and then you moved up to like the northeast or something like that you moved to like boston What about yeah. like guys that play in like minutes? Like I was just watching Adam Thielen talk to the Pat McAfee show yesterday. And he's like, yeah, I live in Orlando during the off season. What? That is the yeah. total opposite. <laughs> yeah. That's a, I remember uh Troy when Paul yeah. Malu got drafted Juju. by the Steelers. He was like, uh, I remember like watching something where he was telling his agent, like, dude, I don't want to go to Pittsburgh, like because of the weather. <laughs> and he was like, man, I'm used to, you know, being, you know, in warm climates and I got to go up to Pittsburgh where all it does is snow all the so. time. It never doesn't snow. Yeah. Actually, we've been pretty blessed, but it's early. It's only February. People, uh, when we were talking to Calvin Austin, he was like, when does the winter stop? I was like, the winter hasn't started. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like it's, we're not even close. Like it doesn't I'll- start till March. I like the cold weather. I just don't like the snow after nope. Christmas. After Christmas, nope. like no more snow for me. Nope. Nope. You don't really mean that. You don't. I mean, we'll talk football here in a second, but you you don't really mean that. Like you don't. Nobody says I love the cold and they actually mean it. I, I really do, though. No, and, but but once football, especially once football season's over, it's like, what's the point? You know, what's the point? What is the point? What is the what are you talking about? Like what you like? Go I don't outside like, going and like to, oh, man, freezing cold. Can't wait to go man, watch football on my couch. I don't I don't like going to games when it's warm. That's wrong. That's just, just, I don't don't even want to keep talking. That's, that's, that is the wrong opinion to have. (laughs) You know, all opinions are smart. That one's wrong. Sorry. All right. Let's talk some uh, fake news coming out of the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Deontay Johnson is uh, in the headlines again. Seems to always 
when when things get dry, it's just Deontay Johnson. Deontay. Especially when the Marcus Peters thing didn't catch on, didn't get any traction. So it was like, all right, what's next? Deontay Johnson punched Mitch Trubisky right in the face. Um, so on, I don't even know what show it was, but CBS Sports analyst Greg Giannotti, am I saying that name right? Uh, claimed that, and he he full on was like, this happened. Yeah, he sent it. Yeah, he he full sent it. <laughs> that Deontay Johnson punched Mitch Trubisky in the face during halftime of the New York Jets game. Uh, the game, obviously, when Kenny Pickett took over and the Kenny Pickett era started. Deontay popped up. He was like, fake news. He li- he actually called it fake news, and the Mitch Trubisky jumped in there and said, "There's zero percent truth of this." Um, I don't have a question really. It's more of just. Why, why is it Deontay? Why is it always? Why is it always Deontay that just gets to, gets attacked? Man, I would love to know. I think it's a receiver thing. Uh, it's got to be. I, I don't know. I think the receivers are just their personalities and just that position itself always lends. It seems to lend itself to drama, whether it's you know created by them or not, whether yeah. it's fake or whether it's real. I just. This is just so funny to me. We talk about this all the time, like when Deontay's name gets brought up. But, you know, he's just like having met him. It's just he's so dude, quiet. Right? Like, he's just such a good if person. If you're going like, to ask me, like, all right, calm dude, line the 11 starters up on offense and tell me who's most likely to punch somebody. Deontay would probably be like ninth. Yeah. And that's just that's me not being in the locker room every day. I mean, you're you're in there, you know, every day, but that's just me, you know, being um you know training camp and yeah. like watching their stuff virtually and just you know it, of course i've met several of them too but it's just it's just funny to me it really is quite it, it's quite wild uh and to get on you know I, it always fascinates me because i'm not one of those guys like do give up your source like i understand how the media thing works so i know that he can't do that but it's crazy yeah. to me how people can get on a platform that big and say something completely not true with completely not addiction. true you know what it, i'm it, saying compared to like that audience reaches a, a huge audience oh yeah compared especially compared to our audience like we have a pretty small audience even though i'm very thankful for how big it actually is i don't come on here and say half of the things i know because i'm like i don't know i'm not 100 percent sold on this and what if it what if it is like just the smallest bit inaccurate. So to have that platform, but I think that's the same thing. Like it's a, it's like an, I'm, I'm untouchable complex, you know, like I'm, I'm this big, like, what are they going to do? They're going to get mad at me. Like my job is to create a headline. It, yeah. it is. And if you wanted to say like, Oh, I heard like, you know, but they were like, no, I know somebody that was, he was standing. He was, he was pretty much standing next to Deontay Johnson. He actually punched him with Deontay Johnson. That's <laughs> pretty much what was said. Just, it's crazy, but it is like it's I will tell you this. Deontay was very open about how that that argument actually happened and how they're cool now. I've, and, you know, it's fake because Deontay will let it rock. You know, like he he'll see the headlines. He'll send out a, like a funny tweet or something. Yeah, he'll let it, it rock. didn't take him very long to follow no, he was just this like, morning. <laughs> nope, this is wrong. And that's how, you know, it's did you see? Did you see Mitch said something on to he's like, definitely yeah. not true. Yeah, zero like percent. And then the, you knew it was with the laughing emoji. It's all yeah, it's all over. Here's a here's the question. Here's what I thought. Do you think George ever deals with this? Do you think George is next in line to? Oh, I'm sure it will be. Yeah. But but here's the thing. And I don't I don't mean this. I mean this like respectfully. 
I think George would probably punch somebody. I don't know that George would punch oh, his George teammates. Would we've seen we've seen George <laughs> swing on opponents in college. Um, I've I've heard some pretty funny um, some pretty funny George college practice uh, yeah. stories as well. Uh, at the combine last year, it was really funny. Um, George is the first person. Or well, I don't know. I guess I I really feel like I was like the first person that got to interview George at the combine because I was yeah. sitting over there waiting for him, at least from like Pittsburgh side of the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and while I was over there, like there was a couple like SEC folks and a couple Georgia folks, just how it is the combine, you know. And I was sitting there talking about him, and you know, guys were telling me funny practice stories about you know crazy catches and get him getting in fights and how he's got this, you know, electric personality. So to answer your question, yes, but I would at least understand like if he punches somebody, I'm like, okay. I mean, yeah. 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 It's maybe like, not well, a teammate. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that he's going to go out there and punch a teammate one day. I'm just saying, I would believe it more than Deontay just knowing their two personalities are. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred. I believe a lot of people like you could tell me Pat Fryer, you punch somebody in the face. I'd be like, Okay. possibly like but i'm yeah. gonna believe that before deontay just it yeah. is cool. wild wild but it, yeah yeah i guess with george it is like it's just destined to come with everybody he was there with juju now it's deontay i wonder if it was here like before us like i wonder if it was the heinz ward the mike wallace's antonio somehow antonio brown like <laughs> i just don't get oh, how God. that one just snuck through the cracks forever and people were just like yeah nah nah but deontay johnson sneezes and it's like, okay, let's. This guy's yeah. got to go. Somebody trade him. Speaking of got to go, possibly staying. Let's talk about Alex Highsmith's contract. You wrote about it. What's this? A week ago now? A couple days ago now? Yeah, um, earlier this week. yeah, yeah. It was earlier this week. It was like Monday or Tuesday. That article dropped. You broke down the contract. I believe it was what the floor was fifteen million a year. The ceiling was twenty two, somewhere around there. Um. Is that what you truly think? And do you think that makes sense for both sides? Yeah, I mean, I I was just kind of curious. I wanted to do research for my for my own knowledge too, but like I, I kept seeing people ask me on Twitter about what I thought about High Smith. Like, is he going to be here for the long term or not? And like, I I wanted to kind of do a deep dive just for myself more than anything because yeah. Um, to get a better perspective of it, but you know, just kind of combing through the numbers and like looking where you know, certain guys were getting paid. It really feels like that 15 million mark is kind of the bare minimum kind of baseline of what, you know, we should be expecting. That's, and that's on the lighter side of things, obviously too. So, um, but, you know, I look at, I really do look at the ceiling of it as well. Like I kind of said in the article, but, you know, you look at what Bradley Chubb got from Miami. I think that that is an expensive contract. And, Huge. you know, if, if I'm, if I'm Highsmith's agent, and, you know, and I, I never doubt players for going after uh, going after their money, taking care of themselves. I, I never doubt that, you know, I don't have any issue with you maximizing your earnings. But if, if it was me and Highsmith's main goal was to, you know, make every single dollar count while he can during this, you know, his professional uh, span here. I'm looking at that Bradley Chubb contract like, dude, I'm, I'm better than this dude right now. So, yeah. Why can't I get that? You know, I think if I was an agent and, you know, my main goal was to make as much money as possible, um, that would be the starting point for me. And then I'd probably work my way down. But um, but yeah, Chubb's contract, you just look at what he got. It's like five years, a hundred and something, over a hundred mil. 
well, yeah, it was like a hundred. So that's you know, you look at the numbers, man. It's, it's hard to deny that you know Hasmith is at least that same caliber player. You know, the numbers, yeah. the numbers don't lie. He's been more productive, especially I was going to say two he's, he's probably and, better and, player and available. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it too. Like yeah, when you're signing guys sure. to these lucrative deals, you know, second contracts where you're paying guys, you know, within the top ten, top twenty of their position, you got to really be convinced that guys are going to be available for you because when they're not, you know, it's a sinking anchor to your team. You know, when you got all that, uh, yeah. all that cap space that's on injured reserve, and you know, Highsmith, he's been a guy that's been consistently available. Yeah, I I, I think it's crazy because. You you highlight this in the article, but you don't hit on these guys late in the draft. You like no, you just don't. You, not on outside linebackers. They're just, because you have happen. to be a physical freak. And Alex Highsmith isn't really like a physical freak. He just he just is. Like he's just he's just good. He is. He's a unicorn in the situation. He's he's a bit of a unicorn. And that's why Bradley Chubb got paid so much because what was he like the fifth pick in the draft or something like that? He was yeah. crazy high, and he'll stay high because of that number. Do you think? Do you think Alex, like if Alex Highsmith went and hit the free agency market, is he making 20, 22 million a year? He, it's, it's hard for me to say no, because I mean, you just, you don't know what, what, because all it takes is one, right? This is like what people say um, when people ask me about like draft prospects. We're like, we, do you think this person could go here? And I'm like, I don't personally value that player there, but again, like all it takes is one team. So you can't really yeah. say that, you know, if, if 31 teams value him as a 15 to 17 million a year guy, but one team really feels like, you know, that's a need. They like him as a person, an individual. They think he's got high character. He's a perfect mm-hmm. scheme fit. And they decide to go up to that 2021 number. I saw it takes one team. So, yeah, but yeah, like what you were saying, I mean, um, Brandon Thorne is a guy that um, I think is incredible, an incredible resource when it comes to, um, you know, offensive line, defensive line play. And he, you know, created this signature stat called true sack score. You know, Hosmith finished third in the entire NFL this past season. You know, he was only behind, I think it was Miles Garrett and Hassan Reddick. And then you look at the guys that are directly behind him. It's Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa those defensive player of the year candidates yeah, um, literally all, defensive player of the year. Yeah. But those four guys all first round picks. So that's what yeah. to me makes the Hosman situation. So interesting because they found him outside the top 100 picks and edge rusher is just a premier position that relies heavily on athleticism. And Hosman's a really good athlete and he's, you know, a pretty refined pass rusher, especially at this point in his career, but you just don't see teams like this is not, receiver or running back where you routinely see teams find impact players at this position that yeah. are in these spots to get paid, you know, you normally don't find those guys late on day two, early day three. I mean, there's always, you know, you'll see your Daniil hunters, but like for every one Daniil hunter, you'll have 10 first round picks that pan out. You know, it's just what did Hunter position go? What did Hunter get? He got paid like what a year ago, two years ago. He got paid yeah. good money. I yeah, I mean, he's, he got paid a little bit. Um, he got paid a little bit. I want to say it was multiple years ago, but he's yeah, probably a, like a while he's, ago. Twenty. He's one of the. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's always going to be outliers and stuff, but like Hunter, he was one of those guys that didn't have any like he had like basically no college production to his name, yeah. and like that's he's another still got thing. Five that, years, seventy-two million, which at the time in twenty eighteen, that's a, a huge lot. number. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's 50. That's it's, it's $14 million a year. Like uh, today, yeah. you know, that's the 20 million. A deal. I think he might be on the move to it. It sounds like, I don't know what Minnesota, Minnesota's got a crossroads on what they're going to have to do. Um, yeah. Flores went into a weird wise. situation there. What's your thoughts on that Flores situation? I think that was the best move. I thought Denver was the best move, but I could see if somebody was telling him like, Hey, look at you. You're going to, you're going to push the limit and you might not get it. You might not end up anywhere if you yeah. wait too long. I don't know that 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 Minnesota defense is tricky for me because I I feel like they've got some guys that I really think are underappreciated. You know, I've always been a fan of Hunter's game, but yeah, he yeah. has to be available. And then um, they've got some guys that have been there a while that have been extremely productive and fun to watch too, like Eric Kendricks and you know Harrison Smith. But man, that secondary was awful last year. I mean, they were they were dead last in like man coverage percentage because like they just didn't have any corners um yep. like the guys that they drafted this past year which i i love their haul they ended up getting lewis seen and andrew booth these were like two of my favorite prospects in last year's class but uh seen like i think broke his leg before the season even started and then booth was never really healthy and could never really get on the train so um it's gonna be interesting to see what he does because like flores like his scheme itself like you look at like his time in miami um very blitz heavy, a lot of exotic fronts, a lot of different guys coming off blitzes, um, but a lot of man coverage. And if you want to play that much man coverage, you got to have the dudes to do it. And yeah, they don't Agent right, Patrick Peterson is not they the guy. don't have it right now. So no. they're a team to me that like definitely is going to be in the market for a cornerback extremely early in the draft. And that's even assuming that, you know, Booth comes back and he's, you know, the guy that they probably think he's going to be and um you know scene comes back he's healthy and gets rolling so they got they're at a little bit of a crossroads to me minnesota was we talked about this i think on the channel too but minnesota was a team that definitely overachieved last year with everything considered so um but yeah i mean i think it's good it's a good move for for flores i mean anytime you get those dc jobs i mean he's a guy that already has head coaching experience so i mean he if he is able to turn this vikings defense around he'll be right back in the head coach oh he'll be yeah that's what my thought was if you go to denver if you did land that defensive coordinator job denver's defense is good enough that i could probably go coach it and you know it'll be all right you add up to denver next year you are the hottest name on the coaching market yeah arizona i think it was an i was very thankful you didn't go to arizona thought that was a terrible option i think whoever ends up in arizona is in trouble and yeah. Minnesota was, I'm, and it's a good, it's a good backup plan. Either way, yeah. I'm happy for him. I am. I happy think the only, him. the only thing for me is like having watched so much Denver stuff last year. It just seems schematically like it would have been drastically different than what Flores, than what Flores likes Flores to does. do, and that's True. the only thing that kind of scares me a little bit. But the talent itself, I mean, when you got guys like Justin Simmons and Patrick Patrick Sertain, like those, yeah. those guys can pretty and, much and do like anything, sleepers so. too. Like you got second year Nick Benito coming off the edge, like. You got yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of talent over there. So I mean he he'd have made it work. So and the best yeah. coaches are always adaptable to their personnel. And I think Flores, you know, even though he does have a brand of what he likes to do over there, I'm sure he'd have done the same thing. But yeah, Agreed. one more Agreed. one more thing too, like with the Alex Hasworth thing, the reason why I want to get that out there was just um to kind of give everybody a a broad range of like what he's probably gonna want in terms of like contract wise, but also yeah. I think it's a really good talking point for like what the Steelers are potentially going to have to do in the draft. Cause um, you look at what Bud Dupree was entering his fifth year option. That's when they took Alex Hosmith, yep. um, which was good. Cause it gave them, you know, a legitimate third edge and they had this guy waiting in the wings. 
I think it's a conversation starter that you have to be aware of. The Steelers are going to have to make a decision now, really. Do we see this guy as part of our long-term future? Are we, and I talk about this in the article, but like, are we going to be content paying 45 million plus for our edge rushers on a yearly basis, on a year by year basis? That's a question that you have to ask. Um, That's a lot of money allocated to one position. Granted, it's the most important position for the Steelers defense. Um, But if you're not like, if if they're dead set on it, like we like Smith as a player, but we don't even either a feel like we're comfortable paying him like 17, 18 million, which is what I think he's probably going to end up coming in at. Or B, we think he's worth that, but we just don't feel comfortable paying $45 million for both our edge rushers, given we just gave T.J. Watt a crazy contract. Um, you know, I think you got to have a legitimate conversation, like how how are you going to take an edge? Because rookie yeah. pass rushers in general, they like edge rusher isn't a typically a position where guys just come in even like first round picks like you see first round picks come in they struggle rushing the passer year one just because the jump is so drastically different college offensive tackles as someone who watches a lot of uh college film like a lot of college offensive tackles are really bad that's just you you can win off of like physical traits a lot easier in college than you can um in the nfl and like guys like trayvon walker you know, you kind of look at his production this past season. He was, you know, the number one overall pick. and He was yeah. basically a non-factor at all, um, all season up until they played the Titans later in the year. And the Titans weren't playing real people on the offensive line this year. So um, it's <laughs> just, it's, to me, to me, I think like if Hosmith's not going to be a guy that they're going to be able to work out an extension with, then you probably need to take a guy on day two of the draft because, you know, to get them developed and ready to go as the starter the year after. So I, I, I still think I and I'm I think I'm going to stand with this for a while now. I think the Steelers are in the running for an edge rusher in the first three to four picks either way, because you can't uh, we've hit a point where losing T.J. Watt is detrimental to the team and could ruin a whole season. And it's been two seasons in a row now where you start to worry about whether or not, you know, he could stay healthy for a whole season. So you have to have a backup plan. And on top of that, they utilize three edge rushers as much as they could anyways, they just can't seem to find a third edge rusher. I think this is going to be the year where they're just like, either way, we want a new guy. I I think that they'll look at it and go, how high can we get a new guy? Because if they get a stud in those first couple of picks, somebody that they didn't imagine they'd get in those first couple of picks, maybe that changes their outlook on the Alex Highsmith. But at the same time, maybe it just looks at it and goes, why not just have three great, great edge rushers, you know, depending on how much they value that, which in Pittsburgh they do. Here's the question. Do you think it's possible you have TJ's contract, you have Cam's contract, you have Minka's contract to take on an Alex Highsmith contract, re-sign Cam Sutton, re-sign a Ter- Terrell Edmonds? Um, I don't think you have to pay an inside linebacker. I think Miles Jack is the guy. It doesn't make any sense to get rid of Miles Jack and try to find somebody for what you're going to save because that's just not going to happen. Um and bring back Lario, which we'll get into Lario's contract here in a second. But do you think it's possible to to pull this all off? Yeah, I mean that's just part of that's that's part of the decision making here is you know who 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 are you going to prioritize? Bring it back. I think Cam Sutton's going to be a priority. Um, I don't think Edmonds is going to break the bank either way. I'd like to see him return, but I don't think he's going to get like a massive pay bump. Um, whether it be in Pittsburgh or on the open market, I mean we'll see. Yeah. He had a solid season, but um, I just don't feel like he's a guy that's going to break the bank either way. Um. We'll see what they do at inside linebacker. I think that that's 
definitely a confusing part for me. I'm conflicted there because I don't particularly love the um, I don't love the cap hit for Miles Jack, and I'm not really sure that um, they're gonna get that money's worth if they bring him back. But I don't know that there's a better option either. You know, Spillane's a free agent. I think he'll be brought back on the low. Uh, we know Devin's gone. They'll probably add somebody either in free agency or the draft. But you know, I, I like the free agency um, group of inside linebackers. I'm gonna probably I'm putting together a piece right now about that. There's a lot of good options right now, to, uh, depending on who gets signed back by their teams before the period actually starts. But no, that's a good one. What are some names that are? I know uh, who's out there. Who's the who's the big guy? Tremaine the, Edmonds. No, 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 not Tremaine Edmonds. That's, that's the one everybody is. Yeah, Tremaine Edmonds is the guy about. everybody wants, obviously. But there's like a realistic option. Is David Long? Is that who it is? David Long, he's a guy that I really like. Um, pretty sure David Long had a pre-draft visit with the Steelers, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of guys. Kazir White, you know, TJ Edwards is a solid player. Al-Shair for um, the Niners. We talked about him at length on the podcast on Wednesday. He's, he's a guy that I love. He's San Francisco's third linebacker, but he's only third by default because they got two yeah, best they linebackers got in the ridiculous league, linebackers. So, yeah, ridiculous um, linebackers. But, yeah, he's a guy that I, I really love, so – um it's a good it's a good little group uh what's his name quincy williams for the jets oh, he's another jets guy that too. i really enjoy watching so there's a lot of names out there it just kind of depends on you know if they're gonna make that switch or if they're content with miles jack just running it back and finishing nice yeah. contract. they got to figure out i think you could extend jack and there's an option there but it's you have to you have to see what the market is because if you get rid of jack what are you saving like seven million dollars or something or six million dollars are you yeah. going to go get a good inside linebacker for $6 million? That's, you know, that's a tough question and be able to, you know, it's just, it's a tough question to answer, especially because I, you know, even if miles Jack wasn't good, I didn't think he was like bad, you know, yeah. he it just, worth I mean, 11... just kind of average. Yeah. He was average. He wasn't worth $11 million this season, but I, I don't think he was bad enough that like, if he was on a good contract, you cut him. Um, got a couple of questions here. I want to answer. Draft question real quick. is the Are the Steelers moving up in the first round a possibility, especially with the 32nd pick in the draft? I think they can make it happen, but I don't see a reason to make it happen. I think they're in a comfortable spot at 17 and then to have 32 and to have what was the last one, 49. I think those are three picks that, you know, they all hold very high value and you could find pieces there that you definitely need if you're the Steelers. Yeah, I mean... It just depends on who we're talking about, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's slide, like Jalen Carter slides yeah. to fifteen. You do, <laughs> yeah, make absolutely. A move. Yeah, yeah. Um, that 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 to me is always the question when people start talking about trade up, trade down. I mean, we we really don't. I mean, we have a general idea of like the stock of those guys, like because big draft media and uh, stuff. Like, we'll get reports on on players leading up to the draft. The closer the draft gets, the better idea we have of like who could potentially fall out. You know. Real late in the process, they started talking about, you know, Kyle Hamilton falling last year. So he was a guy that, you know, I think you could have a conversation about, all right, we could potentially trade up for him because, you know, his stock's kind of falling, but he's still a really good player. But, um, you know, to me, if it's, you know, a guy that you particularly love at a position that you really need and you got the ammo, I mean, they have the ammo to move up a couple of picks. I, I don't, I don't necessarily look at this roster and say like, you know, they don't need three top 50 picks. I think they do. But at yeah. the same time, like if it's a guy that you think can really come in and contribute and is one of the top players in the draft that kind of starts falling, I don't 
fault them for moving up and, you know, getting their guy either, especially if it's, you know, a left tackle, if it's a corner, um, even if it's a pass rusher. I was going to say, it could be anybody. Like, if if it's a superstar, like, immediate, like, you're like, all right, go get this guy. And you'll know. You'll see that when it's it's happening. But, yeah, if everything fell into place, I don't think you move because I think there'll be enough options at 17. Yeah. I also say don't do it if it's like – like, if Jordan Addison's there at, like – 13. Yeah, you don't need to move up for a receiver. Don't need to uh, that, move up that for a wide receiver. Me, that or a corner. I think I don't think you move up for a corner either. I think there's the draft class is too deep at corner. And there's yeah. questions. That's a question I wanted to ask you actually. I'm super glad I just said that. Yep. What's up with your tweet the other day saying that Joey Porter Jr. ain't it? You do you know something we don't that are you I off just, the Joey Porter Jr. to the Steelers trend? I so I haven't had the I've been people have been asking me about him on Twitter like nonstop, but I didn't have any. I mean, I only had a couple games worth of tape, and I, the only 2022 game I had was Ohio State, and I thought he was solid in that game. Um, and then I got three other games recently, so I sat down and watched those this week, and I just I don't know if I see what people are saying. Like I, I get tweets all the time, like people people send me their mocks, and they're like, if if Joey Porter Jr. is there. 17 they got to take you no matter what and i'm just like i don't know if i i just don't view him like that i i see a lot of like i see the intrigue with the length i mean the length is awesome i mean it's gonna wow people i think when they figure out like how long his arms because i've heard that he's gonna measure in like over 32 inch arms which is absurd for a corner um and you know the length and you know his ability to kind of just like swallow up receivers and just overwhelm them with his physicality is nice um, I just don't think that he's as polished as I think some people are thinking, like as a press corner, I think that his technique at the line is a little bit, a little bit hit or miss. Uh, I see a lot of like two hand jams, a lot of like locking his hips out, just swings and misses at the line. That's just, that stuff kind of concerns me a little bit, especially when we're talking about a guy that I don't think is, um, I don't think he's incredibly fluid. And I don't think he's got you know, plus straight line speed. I think he's a good mover for his size, but I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to, like people are saying, uh, someone in my mentions said sauce, like sauce had some misses at the line with his technique. I'm like, dude, sauce didn't allow a touchdown in like four years or something. Yeah. But like sauce, a different type of dude sauce moved differently, even for like sauce was six, three, but he moved like a six foot corner and he ran a sub four, four. That is not going to be what, Joey Porter Jr. runs. So Dude, um, that's wild. That's, yeah. So do you know how I just disappointing that is for like half of the Steelers fan base. Yeah. I don't, I, I and I'm not saying like if they draft him, I, I, I'll be like upset or anything like that. I just, I genuinely, I, I'm, this is just me like really talking and see like what people were really thinking. But one thing about Joey Porter Jr. that I was really disappointed with, and this is going to kind of surprise some people, and it really surprised me because like when I watch him live, when I watch Penn State games, the physicality, you know, he's he was overly physical at times last year when I studied yeah. his tape. And I was like, this dude's way too grabby. He's going to be a penalty machine. He got better at that. Like, his tape this year is better with the grabbiness. Um, I don't think he's that active in run support. Like, I've watched, like, I've <laughs> this watched. This guy's like, terrible. That's a, I've watched, we're like, taking away 15 here. corners now. I see guys like Julius Brent. I see, no, yeah, you dude, know, stud. guys stud. like Devon Weatherspoon. Um, right there. absolutely triggering the hell downhill taking on blocks of physicality stopping ball carriers you know not allowing yards at the catch 
Joey Porter Jr., like, he had good tackling technique, but I don't think he, like, puts himself into plays, like, nearly as much as those other guys do. He doesn't, like, attack blockers with physicality and really, like, use his link to his his advantage to, like, shed blocks. So that that was really the probably the most surprising thing to me was just that I didn't think that he was all that active um, in the running game. That's because he sees his dad coming home after a light lift at the facility <laughs> wrapped in every piece of cloth that the Steelers training staff had. So he's like, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to yeah. throw the ball. Up. I'm, I'm going to yeah. catch it. That's crazy. You just, you know, the, the best draft mine in Pittsburgh. So people are going to take this seriously. And they're now looking at this going, wow, that's uh, <laughs> super disappointing. I, I don't know. I'm going to try to get some more stuff. I, I'm going to try to get some more stuff. Just yeah. Maybe because, just a couple uh, bad games, you know, a couple bad well, games. Like, and I, I really don't think, I really want to make this clear too. Like, I really don't care that uh, I, I really don't care to say like he's, you know, bad or not good or like I just don't see it. There are sometimes guys where I'll see like getting mocks in the first round. And I'm like, I just don't see it at all with this kid. I just don't think Joy Porter Jr. is like one of the 15 or 20 best players that I've watched in this draft class. And that's where he's going to go. This, yeah. That's unless Which he is, slides. If, if he does, if he does, he does. I just, I, I don't think that he's going to end up getting put there for me personally. And that's just, that's just a personal opinion preference type thing. But um, I, I like putting, I like putting stuff like that on, out on Twitter uh, because I don't do it for like engagement more than anything else. I just legitimately like hearing other people's thoughts. And, and like, sometimes I'll say, I'll say stuff like that. Like, Hey, show me, show me the good film on this player so that I can go find it and see, try to see what the hype's about. And so, they send it, which is good. Yeah. Which is I good. mean, yeah. And even Not sometimes, me going, though. sometimes I've already seen it and I just don't agree, but I, li- mm-hmm. I like different opinions. It, it makes me think. So somebody sends you something. You're just like, yeah, dude, I've already seen this. He sucks. He's terrible. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you do, what you're looking at there. You're clearly bad at this. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It got me going. I was, I, I'm very excited that I remembered that because I thought about that all week. I was just like, Oh, okay. Well, Derek just dropped a huge bomb on like a Tuesday, middle of the day. <laughs> I was like, all right. Sound looks like, looks like he's just here to piss people off. That's, yeah. that's what Derek's doing. All right, last last draft qu- draft question before we move on here. Um, an offensive tackle or an offensive lineman or a linebacker in the first round. I'll say this. I think the Steelers, if they're going to draft an offensive lineman in the first round, unless somebody falls, I think they're right now there's a better chance. And right now is early, but right now there's a better chance it's a guard than it is a tackle. Just from judging, you know who's probably going to be there. And I just think that the talent probably goes interior line. Yeah, give give me an offensive lineman over. Uh, yeah, yeah, offensive lineman over linebacker. linebacker. Either way, but I'm gonna say I, I'm not gonna lie. Ball. I don't. I have yet to find. Um, I still have to watch a little bit more of Drew Sanders because I've only watched like a game or two of his. But I've yet to find a. Um, I've yet to find an inside linebacker I would want in the first round. That's just what about first. what happened to the Noah Swell thing? That was that kind of hit me like just they a couple days bad. ago. Him and yeah. Justin Flo had rough seasons this year for Oregon. I unfortunately um, got down an Oregon defensive rabbit hole. I watched every game that they uh, played last year because I was watching Gonzalez. So I didn't watch. Oh, I haven't watched uh, so like a ton, ton, just him individually. But like when I was watching their defense, I was not too incredibly impressed. So um, him and Justin Flo, neither one of them were, you know, they both had really high hype coming into the season. It just I think you could get it. I mean, if Noah Swell falls to the second round, snag him there. And then you're just, you know, taking a risk on somebody in the second round. That's totally worth it to me. But I I don't want to. 
I, I don't want an inside linebacker that high. That's I would. I, we yeah. talked about this on the pod, but I, I'd prefer them get a linebacker in free agency. I think the free agency class is yeah. better, even if it costs you a little bit more money. Um, I watched this. Somebody just put up Trent Simpson. Trent Simpson, yeah. I watched Simpson uh, a couple days ago, actually, because he's a guy that I was like, I need to do a little bit more work because I watched him coming into the season. So I had a good idea. But um, I like Simpson's overall like athletic profile, really good speed. You know, he's played a lot of he's played in the slot. He's played even a little bit of um, safety. I just he looks comfortable in coverage, but man, um he just does not shed enough yeah. blocks for me. I Those just, hybrid I, guys are giant question marks. I really NFL. struggle. I really struggle to take somebody in the first round that I know that 100% of the time I'm going to have to keep them clean. I mean, I watched like three, yeah. four games of Simpson last year, and um, I don't I don't know that I saw him make a single tackle within like the three or four yard mark that was him getting off a block. I mean, it, it was just – you know, all the plays he made, he either has to be kept clean, which is fine because he's an awesome athlete. And if you can keep him clean, he can do some really good things for you. He's comfortable in coverage. I think there's a lot of potential there. I just um, it worries me when I see these linebackers that just do not have any like block deconstruction ability coming into yeah. the league because, you know, you're going to be up against even better offensive linemen than you were in college. And I, those guys typically end up getting swallowed up. So, yeah, that's the Isaiah Simmons worry. There's just he's he could play anywhere, but like, are you going to take on Jason Kelsey and win that block? Chances are, that's yeah, a, it's just it's it's tough. Inside linebacker, man, it's it's one of the hard, it's, it's, it's probably the job. hardest position for me to evaluate, and I think it's the hardest position aside from quarterback to evaluate in the league yeah. because you look at the guys that have went first round recently in recent years, and most of them haven't panned out. I mean, you look at you know the guys that the Cardinals have taken. Neither one of those guys have panned out you look at Devin Bush I didn't pan out in Pittsburgh even I know a lot of people think that Devin White's is really good player because they see um because they see his name all the time like Devin White's a really good blitzer and he does some good things for bowls but like he's still not worth that draft capital that no. they took to get him so it's it's a tough one and then Micah you know Micah was drafted as an inside linebacker but he pretty much exclusively plays the edge now so um it's it's a tough position man but you see random random hits on like day three you know look at david long he was drafted in like the fourth fifth sixth round yeah. of his draft class and the same draft class that produced devin white and devin bush and i, I think long's a better player at least when he's healthy so yeah um, no yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely it's it's not a position to rush in the nfl draft especially when you have other needs no doubt yeah. about it all right um last thing i want to talk about here well second last thing i want to talk about here larry ogan Joby, we talked about it earlier you said that he could come back. He was paid $8 million this year. What was the signing bonus? Like six and a half million or something like yeah, that. 6.2 or something like that. I, think. I don't remember what his stats were this season, but he played all right. Didn't practice for like the last 15 weeks of the season. Still ended up playing, which is, I think is a credit to him, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Could come back to Pittsburgh. I don't think it's being talked about much. You wrote about it today. Actually, do you think it's going to happen? And can you get him cheap enough to where it's a realistic option to, for the Steelers to actually make happen. Yeah, I mean, I thought overall, like the numbers themselves are maybe a little bit disappointing or underwhelming um, yeah. on the yeah. surface, but you really have to think about how healthy he was. Like you said, like I mentioned this in the article, he just really did not practice. Like he, he was Dude, dealing he didn't with all practice. kinds. Yeah, like he the was last literally eight just, weeks of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a knee, it was toe, it was back. You know, he yeah. was coming off the foot injury from last season in the playoffs, which ended his season prematurely. So yeah. I think that it's really a matter of, you know, is he is his body going to hold up? Like, even if you bring him back next year, the year after, like, is he going to be able to get healthy? Um, or are these just nagging injuries kind of just unlucky? Uh, I think you have to answer that question. Only he knows like what percent he was playing at last year. Only the Steelers know how comfortable they are with his injury history. Um, I think a short term deal, like one to two years, with yeah. that average per year being around like five, six million. I don't hate that. Um, and the reason I don't hate it is because I think Ogunjobi has still flashed that he could be a disruptive player. Um, I just also look at the depth behind him. Um, yeah, you and it's work. just really There's not. Nothing. It's it's really not anything to write home about. You look at you know Chris Wormley. He's a free agent. He also tore his ACLs. He can even be ready yeah, for the season. Is he going to have a team by then? Um, no. You know. Then you look at Demarvin Leal. He's pretty much a guy without a home right now. He played some edge. He played some uh, some three some three tech. But I'm not really sure if he's going to be like a full time defensive end. I don't even know if they know. It didn't seem like they had a plan for him. Uh, last year it seemed like they're still trying to figure it out. Um, Isaiah Laddermilk, I don't, I definitely don't think he's ever going to be a starter. I think he's, if anything, going to just be a rotational piece. So, um, you know, if, if you don't bring him back, where are you, what are you going to do? And are you going to be able to find somebody on the open market, just browsing the free agent market? I'm not sure that they're going to find a guy who's for sure, for sure better than him at that price point. You know, somebody yeah, that's going to come in on here, top of that. not familiar with the defense either. So, yep. On top of that, you have to find a nose tackle. You don't have a nose tackle. Yeah. And, I mean, are you comfortable enough with Leal and Laudermilk as your as your backups? Because I'm not. I am not. No, not at this point. That's what I'm saying. Not so you're going to have to – you got to at least sign another two people, probably three, unless you're going to keep Montrevious Adams, which maybe that's their plan yeah. there. But you have to sign a starting nose tackle, so that's going to cost you a little bit of money. Might cost you a lot of bit of money. You got to find a starting defensive end. So if that's Larry Ogunjobi, and then you have to find a depth piece. And then you got to hope that Isaiah Laudermilk and DeMarvin Leal work out. So it's, it's, you're not going to be looking big. You can't be looking big at defensive end. You just, you just don't have that luxury this offseason. You got too many holes. I think that they could do that and then maybe try to, I don't know how many times you take a chance at a mid round defensive end in the draft and say, you know, this guy could work out. Maybe he doesn't. I don't yeah. know. I don't think Warmly comes back, though. I think that's too big of a question mark. Then maybe you go out and sign a, a veteran late, maybe like an older dude, you know. But I think overall that's uh, – At least at least if you get Ogan Joby back, you can pencil him in as a starter. And yeah, like yeah. You, you and a guy that played okay. like Yeah, yeah. And he was fine. It just uh, – you don't want to uh, – you know, when, when going into free agency – you have to make those decisions financially about who you're going to prioritize. You only have so much cap space, obviously, um, but you don't want to create unnecessary holes. And if that's why I think if you can bring him back on a short-term deal, one to two years, less than that 8 million mark he played on last year. But if if it's less than that and reasonable, I'm cool with, I'm cool with them bringing him back. Um, But yeah, long-term, I mean, you definitely have to start thinking about the future of that position. I mean, you look at Cam Hayward, he's not going to be able to defy, you know, father time forever. He can't. No, you got two years left to this defensive line. If you, yeah, you, you've got to, you've got to find some type of, uh, you know, some type of youth and promise and future and potential um, up front. And, you know, whether that's this year in the draft or soon, or, 
you know, maybe they make a splash signing in free agency, even though I kind of doubt it. But but that's the thing, though. If you sign Alex Highsmith, then you don't got to worry about an outside linebacker for a couple of years. You maybe can you invest maybe a little bit more. On the draft. Line. Yeah, the offensive line is the offense is super young. And the guys that need to be paid are paid for at least the next two years, three years. I mean, maybe you just start investing super I think heavy this into is the gonna, defense in the draft. Yeah. I think this is going to be a pretty defensive-heavy draft, if I had to guess. I really yeah, think, me too. There's um, too many holes there. The, the offense is super young. Outside of two guys that people say should be replaced that I don't know. Yeah. We don't even know if the Steelers want to replace them. There aren't holes on, on that offense. It's actually like it's yeah. just young and needs to figure out the quarterback. All right. Last thing I got to ask you here before we head out. Two weeks ago now, this is my fault. I slept through the pod last week. I was exhausted coming back from Mobile, Alabama. My apologies. Um, Tom Brady retired, and immediately the list started coming out. Top 10 quarterbacks of all time. Tom Brady's number one. Who's number two? What, blah, 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 blah. And then somehow it came down to where is Ben Roethlisberger? on this list is he on this list people are snubbing him from the list i had people in my dms being like dude i can't believe ben big ben made this list or didn't make this list and i'm like ah, i don't know if i have him in the list then i did my list do you want me to give you my list before i ask you your list mm, yeah give me yours i'm interested here all right so my list was my top 10 these are top 10 quarterbacks of all time number one tom brady i think that's you know number two was joe montana Number three, Johnny Unitas. Four was Peyton Manning. Five was John Elway, actually. Six, Dan Marino. Seven was Brett Favre. Eight, eight was Ben Roethlisberger. Nine was Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes was 10. And I'll say that if Patrick Mahomes wins a Super Bowl on Sunday, he passes Ben and Rodgers and possibly Brett Favre as well. Now, yeah, and Brett Favre as well. So he's sitting there at seven, and everybody bumps down one. But those are my ten. Interesting. I, so I don't have I don't have an actual <laughs> list. I, I didn't know we were doing list when you said that. No, list. you're good. You're good. Do you think Ben's um, in there? Do you think Ben? I think um, here's the deal for me. Ben is absolutely hundred percent top fifteen. I don't think. No, yeah, I, I think. I question. think going lower than fifteen, I think, is really disrespectful. Um, Super disrespectful. Top ten, Ooh. it's tough. I, I think. I, I think he's ben right is on that. Derek's guy. I, yeah, that is my dog. But I, <laughs> I think that top ten, as like a football like historian, um, I gotta be real about that. I, I don't know. I think the highest I could probably see him put is about eight or nine. Yeah, and I think the lowest for me. You can't put him below 15, but I think for me, he's probably around 11 or 12. Um, I wrote a huge piece. I'll see if I could try to find it um, like four or five years ago um, about top quarterbacks ever. But um, really for, for me, the Ben thing, um, you know, he's top five in a bunch of like statistical categories. Yeah. Like you look at like passing touchdowns, passing yards, top 10 and those, Um I think the biggest thing for me too, like I personally, I know people, you know, freak out and put um, some of these other stat guys, you know, above him, which is, you know, however you want to quantify, it's fine. But uh, for me, like Ben was a winner and that's that I know everybody laughs at like QB wins and I'm not one to say like quarterback records are like everything. Um, But like you look at just 
the sheer wins. I mean, he won 178 total games. The guys above him was Brady, Manning, Favre, and Breeze. I mean, to me, I think and that he's got ben, more Super Bowls than yeah. And I, those guys, you look at um, just all the numbers that he was able to accumulate. You look at um, just. I mean, he made the Steelers Super Bowl contenders again after not really winning anything for decades. Yep. Um, he kept them. He helped keep them consistently relevant for two decades long of play. And then, um, to me, something that really matters to me when I'm talking about like all time great quarterbacks or elite quarterbacks is uh, who do I want? You know, when the game's on the line, and I, I just, I truthfully do believe this. Uh, I think you can make a serious argument that he's like the second best clutch quarterback of all time behind Brady. Um, just what he was able to do. Until I think Patrick Mahomes is going to pass both of them, but potentially. Maybe not Brady. Yeah. And, maybe and not I Brady. think, um, I think to me, um, Mahomes is going to end up as the greatest quarterback of all time for me, because yeah. um, I watched, I was old enough, obviously to watch Brady his entire career. Um, I think Mahomes right now is better than Brady has ever been. I just I think Mahomes is incredible. Yeah, me too. But I think it's the the Aaron Rodgers thing. Like, I don't have Aaron Rodgers above Ben Roethlisberger, and people get super defensive about it. But I look at it like Kevin Durant, LeBron James. Like five years ago, everybody was talking about how Kevin Durant might be the best basketball player in the world, and he's better than LeBron James, and blah 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 blah. Five years go by, and Kevin Durant's not on the top ten list anymore. You know? Yeah, you know I don't so, because he's not a winner. Aaron Rodgers, not a winner. Yeah, For, so I don't most really quarterback of all time everybody's going to have like different criteria on what matters. And, you know, Rogers has the MVPs and all that stuff. And, and, and I get it. Um, he's been a fantastic player and I don't have a problem. Like if you want, if you want Rogers um, over Ben, I have no, I have no issue with that. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you about it, to be honest. But um, the only thing that I will say is if the game is on the line, I know who I want. And yeah, dude, it. I'm not putting Rodgers out there. It, it's not even – I don't even really think it's really that close to it's me. It's not close at all. In terms of in the clutch. <laughs> uh, Scott Kaxmere from Twitter, he has like a – he keeps uh, spreadsheets of like quarterbacks, wins and losses and like fourth quarter comeback situations, game-winning drive situations. Um, Rodgers has always been so overrated in the clutch, yeah. man. You look at his his numbers and they're just so pedestrian, especially compared to like other elite quarterbacks. Yep. Um, and then you look at Ben and like Ben's up there, you know, with the Brady's, the Peyton's, like guys like that. So yeah. um, I don't have a problem. Like you can rank it however. But, um, you know, I, I just think for, for Ben, man, like the statistics are there for him. You know, he's got top 10 numbers. Um he was consistent winner. That's something that really matters to me. Consistently had the Steelers in the playoff hunt and the Super Bowl hunt. Um, and then, you know, when it comes down to it, like if we're sitting here taking like fantasy draft quarterbacks and stuff, um, and I know games are going to be close. Like I want one of the two best quarterbacks of all time in the clutch on my team. So that's that. Yeah, that's exactly. to me how I rationalize it. So um, agreed. I, I love I love debating that stuff because, like I said, I, I'm a real big fan of like football history, so I definitely uh, I like seeing other people's perspective. But um, just just understand that I watched every snap of this dude like five, six, seven times, so it's kind of I, I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of yeah. You got a lot of ammo this, there. So. You got a lot of ammo. I just I agree. I think yeah. that you know when it comes to the quarterback position, you Kenny Pickett might make a whole career a good career out of winning football games 
but he will never go down as the greatest quarterback of all time or physically anywhere near the best quarterback of his generation. Ben Roethlisberger is almost in the same category. Uh, Different because Ben was big Ben for a reason. He was the most physically dominant quarterback of his time. And I think just like one of the big arguments that I think keeps Ben out of that, like top 10 range for some people is that like, you know, he didn't ever win an MVP. Um, He was never like first team all pro, but I think my response to that has always been like, let's look at, um, let's look at other guys who have played in different eras and who the quarterbacks have been in their era. Like you look at um, guys that have benefited from, you know, winning Super Bowls late in their career when the quarterback talent in the league has kind of dipped. Yep. Ben had to play his entire career with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Not yeah. in the same era, but in the same conference, man. Yeah, like the, in same the same conference. conference. Like, and on top of that, you had Brett Favre for half of his career, and then Aaron Rodgers for the other half. Drew Brees was in there for a it's while. The, the greatest quarterback generation of all time. So, yeah. like when you talk about like accomplishments, um, you know what he was able to do in that era is absurd. Yes, and I I, I tweeted this yesterday, like. I've been seeing some crazy man. Y'all gotta lay off that man on Twitter. I, I have seen some of the worst Big Ben takes I have ever seen in my life. And this is after you know, every time a team loses a game, it's either the head coach's fault, it's the or it's yeah. the quarterback's fault. That's how fan bases go. Steelers fans ain't any different in that regard. But dude, I've seen some awful Ben takes. Like I saw a take the other day from multiple people saying that he underachieved. <laughs> I about lost my ever loving mind. I said, I'm like sitting there thinking to myself, like, are we saying a first ballot hall of famer underachieved? underachieved. Like, the, I don't think like that to me is like fan base thinking one Oh one. Like you just are not 100% tuned in to the rest of the NFL. It, it, like if you told like a Cardinals fan, Hey, I think I think Big Ben. I think Ben. I think, ben, I think Ben was an underachiever. Like they the Cleveland Browns. You. Somebody go yeah, tell the or Cleveland the Browns. Browns. They would look at yeah. you like, "Are you dumb? Yeah. Are you dumb? Yeah. Like, yeah. do you yeah, understand that like organizations take decades and decades and decades and draft pick after draft pick after draft pick to hopefully find someone like that? Yep. And you just and these are like Steelers fans saying that like y'all just got to witness a dude win two thirds of his games for two decades. Like, what are yep. y'all talking about? Yep. Like, and win two Super Bowls and, and most teams don't. Yeah. Win I mean, it's just to me, like some of general. that stuff, man, it's like, it's just, it reeks of like ungratefulness and just like total disorientation of like what, how hard it is to do this at that level. Like yep. Yep. we have not seen very many people in the history of the NFL that dates back, you know, freaking, decades and decades and decades do some of the stuff that he was able to do um and that's just that that's be bizarre to me some of the takes man i've seen bad like i my new rule is to like you mentioned kenny and i ain't getting on you i'm just saying like a, a twitter you thing can get on like, me all day people are gonna <laughs> sit there and like try to make um you know try to put kenny like on that same path like y'all got like i've been saying this since, since the steelers drafted him but we gotta let kenny be kenny we gotta let ben chill let that man drink do his podcast, yeah. Do whatever he's doing post retirement. Hope he's hope he's having fun. Uh, 
let Ben sit over there by himself and chill as a Steelers fan and let Kenny just be Kenny and let's just see where this thing goes. Cause I, yeah. I see way too many people, man, like just putting under, they put unrealistic expectations on Pickett's rookie season, ended up probably disappointed. And then, you know, they're going to continue to do that, but just understand, man, like what he was able to do, like as a rookie or throughout his career was not the norm. Like, let's just, let's not just even have some to patience to see especially, what happens. Especially as a rookie. Now I agree. I agree. There's always going to be Ben. Hey, man, when you're that big, you know, the Pat McAfee show is getting sued by Ben, by Brett Favre. And they did like a whole segment on it this <laughs> morning. So, yeah. And I had a blast watching it. And they were like, well, you know, we've officially made it big. And, you know, you're big when everybody hates you. So that's that's Ben. You know, when you're the greatest Steelers quarterback of all time, that's what you're looking at. All right. We're going to head out of here. But first, this is a big question. Sunday's the Super Bowl. Who you got? This is the last time I get to ask you this for oh, a long time. And I didn't even tell you to prepare for it. Yeah. I don't even know what the spread is. Oh, the Eagles are one and a half. I do know that because I almost bet on it today. So <laughs> I'm bad. going Eagles. <laughs> uh, Philly. I've been saying that all year. Philly got the best roster in the league, top to yeah. bottom. Uh, I just, I don't know if I can bet against my homes, man. I know. I know. It's so tough. Um, Hey, I, I will tell y'all. I will tell y'all a bet that I like because uh, I know we got some degenerate gamblers in the chat. Yeah, um, right here. And that's great. <laughs> uh, I, I, Hassan Reddick, Super Bowl MVP. Throw, throw, throw what? A couple do- throw a couple dollars on Hassan Reddick. Okay. I what? I was not. I was expecting Travis Kelsey touchdown. No. That's my go-to. Uh, Miles Sanders. I'm just going like long shot. Four. Long shot. I'm just. I'm just telling you. Um, wow. I think Hassan that the Reddick. I think MVP. that the Chiefs, they do a good job giving their tackles help. Um, but the Chiefs' tackles, if they are left one-on-one, I think Reddick's going to win that matchup. And just like, you know, he turned that Niners game on on a whim. You know, he obviously yeah. got the forced fumble on Purdy um, when they tried to block him with a tight end. But, um, you know, he injured him, which is unfortunate. Yeah, which but, stinks. Um, but, you know, had multiple sacks. And I, I just think that if um, – Reddit goes out there, say he does get like a strip sack and gets to Mahomes again, like say two sacks. And one of those is a forced fumble. Um, as long as nobody on the Philly offense just goes like bananas. He's had a good postseason. I think there could be a narrative there to potentially win Super Bowl MVP. That would I think be he's like, wild. He's like plus 3,700 or something like that. So it's. I'm going to put money on right. I don't even have to. If my phone was in my hand, shot. I'd do a live here. It's a long shot. It's but not. I'm just saying like if you, if you can do like. You need you two sacks. Play. You need yeah. two sacks and a strip fu- and a strip sack, o- yeah. or or just a strip sack that totally changes the game. Yeah. The Super Bowl is not about how good what your game was. Did you win the game? If yeah. you didn't win the game, you are yeah. not the end. And that's the thing too. Like I think Philly's good enough to pull this. Like they're good enough to win. Obviously, you got to win to yeah. get Super Bowl MVP. But um, true, true. Larry I really don't know. It's something that I've thought about a lot this week, just because I've I've really enjoyed like a lot of these uh, a lot of these outlets have done extreme. The Athletic has done a great job previewing this game, and I've I've really enjoyed their coverage of the Super Bowl. Um, Our I boy watched, Donnie Drew's there. Do you know Donnie's there? Yeah, I, I know, I know. I've been talking to. I had to text him the other night. I, I texted the eye emoji and KD. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I woke up to that news. He was the first person I texted. I was like, screw. Yeah. I was like, screw Kyrie, because I was texting him a couple days earlier. I was like, dude, I hope the Suns get Kyrie. Yeah. Screw Kyrie, KD, all day, all day. Yeah, yeah good for Donnie. I, uh, yeah, good, good for my guy. Um, oh man, 
You sound pretty I, I'm, t- I'm taking I, I'm taking Kansas City. I'm not going against Mahomes. I knew that was coming. As I soon just, as I said it, I was like, he's going to go Kansas City. I don't want to bet against Mahomes. I, I do really think don't. Philly's a better team. I, just, I think Philly's a better team, but it's Mahomes. Like, my worry is this. Are the Eagles going to blow him out? Because if the Eagles are going to give him a shot, if you're going to give Mahomes a chance to win this game, he's going to win this game. So yeah. you got to win by at least a touchdown, and you have to hold that, you know, like, you got to have the ball with two minutes left. The only thing that Four gives minutes. me pause is the Tampa Bay Super Bowl. Now, granted, yes. the Chiefs' offensive line right now is a lot better. Their a interior better. offensive line is very good. Their tackles are a little shaky, and that's what scares me about Philly. It's because Philly's that so line deep, is wild. They're so wild. deep, but like you look at their their backups. Yeah, are wilds. They've got you know they got Josh Sweat who's had a career year, Hassan Reddick who's had a crazy year. Uh, they got Brandon Graham. You know they're they're bringing off Indomitian Sue. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Javon Hargrave, Jordan Davis, uh, Linval Joseph. They got so many guys that they can throw at you up front. Um, I just, I, I but Mahomes is Mahomes, and that's Mahomes is Mahomes. Just, it's the same thing that you know. Yep, I just yep. think that he's gonna he's gonna do it. So I don't know. We'll see. I'll see. I'm going Eagles. I won't lie. I'm going Eagles. I I don't feel good about it at all. I went Chiefs all week long until I sat down and really thought about it for a second. And I was like, a long second, 10 minutes, easy. And I was like, yep, feel we're doing it. Sometimes you just got to do it. Somebody said something uh, in the comments, people sleeping on Jalen. I hope he gets a chance to show what he can do in the clutch. I ain't sleeping on Jalen. Jalen's won me over this year. Um, His improvement has been incredible to watch. I, I, Personally, I thought that Jalen had a chance to be a starting quarterback and thought he was really talented coming out. I am very surprised at how he's developed. But he hasn't played that great recently, though. Like, not saying he's been bad. Since the injury. Yeah, since the injury, like, Jalen hasn't had – he hasn't needed to because they've been blowing – I mean, they blowed teams out. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm not saying that you were saying I was saying that either, Drew. I just – I'm interested to see kind of – how that plays out. I, yeah. That's really what I want to see. Honestly, I, I want to see him and Mahomes go back and forth because I want to see if Hertz can do it. Cause I think if you're talking about um, do, putting him in that, putting him in that elite category, like I think he's going to have to go back and forth with the best in the game. So I think, yeah. and when, um, you know, people, people, I will say this, like there is like this narrative out there that, um, you know, there is this narrative that like Jalen's kind of just along for the ride. And I, I don't, I think that there is a happy medium there. Like, um, I think you can acknowledge that the Eagles are an absolute wagon and have the best roster in the NFL. And then I think yep. that you can also acknowledge that Jalen's development has been incredible and he's had a very, very, very good season. Like, I think it can yeah. be both. And it seems like a lot of people are trying to make it one or the other. And I just, I don't really, don't really agree with that. No, I agree. I, I think that it, that gets lost. You know, it's yeah. very hard for the football world to pick more than one narrative and allow it to, or, or a di- dissect an entire narrative. Instead, they just pick one lane. Everybody's got to stay in that lane. Um, I agree. But again, I'm oh. going Eagles. Let's go. And this is, this is Super Bowl Sunday. So next Friday, you won't even get the brunt of it. Steven will get the brunt of it on Monday. I, I'm either <laughs> going to be in a great mood or I'm going to be completely miserable, depending right. on how my bank account looks Monday morning. So fly, <laughs> Eagles fly. I got two siblings in Philadelphia, actually. My brother and my sister are out there. So, and my brother-in-law. So, you know, they, I'm hoping that they get to go experience climbing some poles that are greased up and 
having a good time. But uh, <laughs> all right, with that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Like this video and subscribe to us anywhere you guys get your podcasts. Check out all of mine and Derek's work at all at allsteelers.com. Excuse me. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Peace. 